Welcome on in to the 2-3 podcast. I'm Cam. That's Zach. Episode 3. The preseason came and went, and we have two nice W's to our name. So I got to ask Cam, did we set the pace for the season with these first two games? Listen, Zach, I think that we set the pace against the pace setters. Wow. We looked really nice. There were a lot of positives to take away from the two preseason games. Obviously, they're preseason opponents. They are not necessarily uh, as large as the schools that we're going to be playing later on in the year. But still, it's it's a really nice way, Zach, to uh, kind of start the year. Yeah, I agree. And we mentioned this last episode, but just baseline, it was awesome to see the boys back in action. To see our new guys, Samir, Jimmy, Cole, Benny, on the court. Dude, I think my favorite part, and they mentioned this during the broadcast several times, seeing the fans back was huge. That was sweet. Seeing the fans back in the dome alive a little bit, not just silent, because you remember, Zach, like last year when we were sitting down watching the games, how empty it just felt. They had the, you know, some of the seats kind of tarped off, but it still looked so barren and just so I would never want to play in that arena. That would be awful with just an empty, empty dome that would be so hollow and just so quiet. I would hate it. Yeah, it's sad, but we're back, baby. The boys are back. The dome fans are back and we're ready to kick off the season. Yeah, and there's a couple of uh, players I think that sort of stood out over the past two games, Zach. And and the big one for me, at least, was Cole. Like, I had no idea how big he was going to be for this offense. Like, I, I knew, we knew going into it that he had a ton of talent and he showcased it at Villanova. But we were honest and neither you nor I had really seen him play live. And it was so impressive to see him in these first two games sort of come alive, 21 against Pace and 18 against LeMoyne. What did you see from him like in these two games? The guy is a sniper from the three. (laughs) He really is. He lays it down from the three. And I mean, we knew that coming in. And honestly, there was times when he, he took it off the dribble and went in the lane a little bit. So, like, he's not just the three guy. Obviously, that is his bread and butter. And that's we're going to see Cole Swider make a lot of threes this year. But we're also going to see him, you know, he has the freedom at Q's to, to do more than just shoot from the three, which he didn't have at Villanova. So, we're going to see him dribble a little bit and make some more plays than just shooting. So, I think I'm excited to see that, too. And... One big thing, too, that's a really good point that you have about, you know, he has a little bit more freedom here at Q's, but the big thing for me is, like, he's a shooter, but he's also huge. He's got the height with him, too, so, like, if you need him to kind of play in the paint or whatever, or, you know, post up, do whatever, he, he can basically do that if he really needs to. Yeah, shoot. The guy is... I know, we're, I know he's only 6'9", but we're saying he's 6'10". The guy's 6'10". <laughs> he's 6'10". I mean, to me, like, you know, 5'7". I would say that he's 6'10". I don't... I, I can't see it. Come on now. He's 6'10". He's 6'10". Just call it. Yeah, I guess one thing, it's not a knack or anything, but I know coming from Villanova, one of his biggest like downsides people were saying was his defense. Obviously, Villanova is man-to-man, and I think that won't show as much because we do 2-3 zone and athleticism is obviously important but the way the two three zones will work in his benefit but I didn't notice a little bit just his movement isn't as fluid you know in comparison to a guy like you know Benny or even like Samir so that's just something to note 
Yeah. Um, no, I, I totally got that too. But do you think that it's going to kind of, it's going to, do you think it's going to be one of those things where it more or less kind of takes him a little bit to sort of adjust to the zone, like as the year goes on? Yeah, definitely. Just like any new player, it's, it's like easy, but it's also tough. Everyone, Jim always says like, oh, it's very easy, but also, you know, <laughs> takes guys out because they're not playing it right. So it, it's, I mean, it's a process and, you know, he'll learn just like everyone else. I mean, listen, when you've been coaching the zone for like, what, 40 or 50 years, like it's, it's going to be easy for you because you created the darn thing. But like for a new player to come in from Villanova, like you said, to kind of go from a man to man immediately to a zone, to a two, three zone, that's got to be pretty difficult, but I was impressed with him, Zach. I thought that he played really, really well. And I think that everybody in Cuse was just really surprised to see like how well this dude can ball. Um, and like yeah. his shot is just so clean. It's so effortless. There was there was one point against Pace where it was like dribble up, just give it to Cole. He's going to shoot a three. It was like three or four shots that he had that were pretty much in a row where it was like, it was just automatic. You just knew it was going to go in. People were just walking back by the time he shot it anyways. It was just so clean, and it was cool to see that they were kind of developing that chemistry, him and, and Joe and a little bit of Buddy as well, that they were getting the ball moving to each other. And like they were finding Cole in these open you know areas so he could shoot. It was so cool to see that like chemistry developing this early on. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think just to one note is, I think Cuse is the team for Cole. Like you mentioned, he plays so well alongside Joe and Buddy, the three shooters around the perimeter. And I think, you know, like we like we mentioned earlier, how he's able to have more freedom on offense, taking the ball to the hoop. I think Sierra Cuse is like this is a perfect match for Cole, which is super exciting. Another one of the positives that I wanted to take away from this game. Our boy Benny put on a clinic. For the guys like he showed why he is so why he was so highly touted coming into this year. He had nine rebounds in game one coming out firing in all cylinders. He had 11 in the second game. He looked like he had so much promise going into these two games. He was it was really, really fun to watch him. This is a guy that everyone's excited about and he made it known why these last two games, he was looking great. And one thing I really noticed about him was how unselfish he was. He got three assists the first game, and he never got Talia to assist for against LeMoyne. But he was a pass-first guy, and he was always looking for his guys and making great passes, which was awesome to see. You mentioned that, and like the, the biggest thing, I think, for that is, you know, he's a pass first guy, but he's young too. Like usually with the young guys that kind of want to come out shooting whatever. I like that he's trying to find his chemistry with the players early on. You know, he's he's trying to dish the ball out. He's trying to find Jimmy. He's trying to find Buddy. Um, he's trying to get the ball in the hands of the scorers. And I like that. Like I like that he is um, trying to dish it off, trying to find his guys. I don't know. It's so cool. Like I, I, I haven't seen that from a young guy in a while. Um I think that he's going to fit right in though with his offense, and he looked, he looked very, very good. He looked, it was super, super fun to see like so many people on Twitter kind of reacting to him and reacting to uh, like how well he was playing, how well him and Cole were playing. It was really, really cool to see. Yeah, it was awesome, and not to mention he was super efficient against Lemoyne. Took five shots, made four of them. Just, <laughs> just, just casual. 
just casual. Yeah, that's what we like. That's what we like from from Benny. And he's just a freshman making like really good decisions. He literally like like I said, four out of five shots. Like that's really impressive. And nine rebounds too. Nine rebounds in the pace game. Like that's that's awesome to to be able to see like a a guy that's that young kind of having so many skill five steals five Snacks steals. Five. That's that's insane. Like led the game with that five steals. He had as many steals as uh, Lemoyne had, <laughs> and like. I don't know. It's just it's cool to be able to see like he's he's fitting in so well early on with the with the team and with the fans and like everybody's just so excited to see what he can become, Zach. Yeah, and this is just the beginning for Benny and for the rest of the team. So I'm I'm super excited where we are now and where we're headed. One guy who had a great game, like a sneaky good game. You kind of put it best when we were like kind of just, you know, planning for this show was was Joe. Um he had 20 against LeMoyne, he had 9 assists. I mean, not only did he have, you know, 20 against LeMoyne, I think the best stat for me at least when I look at his pace game, again, he only had 7 points, but he had 6 assists, which is like pretty good, you know? It's nice to be able to see these like like we said, you know, he's getting those connections early, especially with Cole, especially with Jimmy where you know, these new guys are coming in and he's finding these outlets and getting that chemistry going early on. It's pretty promising. Yeah, it is really promising. And above all, JG3's got a swagger back. That's true. He's moving the ball well. And beyond that, the team's moving the ball well. Our ball chemistry and our ball movement is honestly, as of after these first two games, the best I think I've seen in a while. Yeah. And the shifts show for that. 26 against pace and then... 21 against Lemoyne, is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, one big. St- I was kind of looking at the 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 stats and the assist margin. Definitely, kind of that kind of got me. Sort of struck out to me. The last time Zach that we had over 21 assists in a game, you got to go back to December 12th of 2020 against Boston College, where we had 23. And so, like. I think that that's kind of been like the the missing key, if you will, to the past couple seasons where how many times have you and I sort of driven back from, you know, accused loss and been like, let's check the box score to see what we, you know, where we went wrong. Oh, we only had six assists or we only had Total. seven assists. Total. Like we never get the, we never got the ball moving sometimes. And it was so frustrating to see these guys kind of go up Maybe they'd kind of pass the ball around a little bit, get it to the shooter, shoot it through, you miss, go back, play defense. Like, that's not sustainable. That's not going to get you far anywhere. So I think that that's probably what the stat that at least jumped out to me the most. Um, And it's an impressive margin, especially to see that like back-to-back games. Again, these aren't great opponents. These are, you know, smaller opponents than what we'll be seeing later in the year, but it's cool to be able to see that we have we can actually move the ball around now. Yeah, and that ball movement is something that's going to translate. We'll be able to pass the ball in later games. It's just a question of finishing, and hopefully we do that as well. But that ball movement is key, and we're getting used to it early, which is awesome to see. And then one thing I just want to mention with Joe is that I noticed he struggled at times with pressure. There, especially with pace. Pace put like a really fast, quick... 5'10 guy on him early in the game and Joe consistently went to turning his back on him 
which is something I really don't love to see from the point guard. It's just like it slows down the offense. It did lead to a few turnovers. He only had two total. Obviously, that's not horrible, but it does draw concern for better teams in the future. And I, it just after watching the game, any any scout report is pressure Joe Girard, and you know you could lead to some turnovers. Well, it only it almost reminds me of like uh, Frank Howard, like how he would do that a couple times, where he would kind of dribble it up and you know sort of turn his back and maybe try to get something going from there, but. You're right, where like you almost kind of you get backed into the corner almost and you don't really know where to go from there. Like if you've got somebody kind of double teaming you, they come up, double team you because they see that you got your back turned on them. You're not going to get the ball moving from there. It's just going to be a wall between you and the defender. So like you can't really do anything. Um, I didn't notice that, Zach, though. Like did it, did he do it like consistently? Did you see? In the beginning, they did sub out the guy that was that was guarding him but early in the beginning his go-to move was just turning his back on this guy and like obviously like overall it didn't really affect him that much like I said he only had two t- total turnovers and only one of them was off of like ball pressure like that the other one was just like a miscue pass but it does draw concern he has had this problem in the past past years and if a defender is just really up in his grill obviously he still had 20 points this game but against a better team down down the line I'm concerned that that could really mess up this game which is all the more reason why Samir is so important to come off the bench like he you look at his stats and I'll admit I looked at him and I was like it looked like Samir didn't really do much but he definitely brings like a different energy to the offense almost like Kadari I don't want to compare him to Kadari because we all know how Q's fans were, were still healing from that wound. But he he almost has like a calmness around him when he brings up the ball. You know, you get what I mean? Like he's, he's, I don't know. There's just something about it where you see the ball in his hands and it's like, all right, he can make something work. He can make something work with what he's got. He doesn't need, you know, a set play. He can just he can move the ball around, dish it out, whatever. He was he was displaying some of that in, in a couple of these games. Yeah, and I think it comes down to his athleticism. And he's got it. He's got some crafty moves. He's got some confidence. And he's he looks good. Like I, I was like like I was truthfully surprised on some of the the dimes he had. I think he only amounted to two or three assists total. But he was moving the ball well. He was quick, moving the ball up. Like, I never had concern with him. Like, I don't think he ever turned his back when he had ball pressure. He was just going right by guys. Obviously, this later in the game, d- different defenders. So it's not 100% apples-apples uh, apples comparison. But I was honestly very surprised and happy with what I saw with Samir against Pace. Do you think that he has the potential to be, I don't want to say an assist leader, but definitely in like the top three on the team? It's, he's got the potential. I mean, the way he moves the ball, and like I said, his athleticism, he's still figuring things out. And even Jem mentioned this in his in the presser, that he's still figuring things out. You know, had a few turnovers, still not finding the guys exactly where he needs to. And sometimes, you know, just not, not 100% there, but his athleticism and his drive, like, he's, he's learning. So I think he'll get there. One guy that I hyped up to you so much, and I was so glad that he actually put on a show against Pace. Jimmy. Jimmy looked like 
his Cornell self. Put up 19 against Pace. He had 11 against LeMoyne, but still, he was strong. He was strong and he was confident, which I think was like the biggest thing for me was he looked like he was really confident with taking his shots. You know, normally you can get like these um, transfers who might be a little bit timid, who might be a little bit shy because they're playing in the dome. It's huge, it's loud, whatever. But he still put up, you know, against um, against LeMoyne, he put up 10 shots. He still looked fantastic, I thought. You know, he, he was balling out. He was doing great. Yeah, I really think that comes down to his experience. All of his years at Cornell has amounted him to being a very experienced and obviously very talented player. And it was also great to see him back. He didn't play at all competitively last year, and he got some great minutes. When everyone, when all the other stars were out, Jimmy was still out there to get those reps in, which was awesome to see. <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, I'm, I'm looking at his his stat line uh, against Pace. Shot five threes, made two of them. Still, I mean, he still had the confidence to put them up. The only person that shot more than him, Cole, of course. But like the the other thing that sh- that stood out to me, Zach, was the assist margin. I mean, he had seven assists as well, which is is really good to see from like a guy who's playing like a three or a four. Um, he was able to kind of crash the boards and, and use his height to his advantage. And also, you know, to be able to see that he can shoot too. I think that this guy's got, uh, you know, I don't want to state the obvious, but like he's going to be a force to be reckoned with this year on, on Cuse. So two guys that we haven't mentioned yet, who we were mentioning a lot on the, on the last episode. Jesse and Frank, they struggled a little bit. That was kind of like the the downside, if you were, to these two games was, I don't know, you looked at these two guys, you look at the, the box scores, and you think to yourself, eh, we should probably be doing a little bit better on the boards than we probably were. Are you, are you nervous, Zach? Are you, are you a little nervous when you see them play this year? I'm a little nervous. Like, obviously, they still did decent. You know, the box score still, like, decently filled out. Decent points with Jesse, especially. But there was too many times where, like, I was, like, clenching myself, watched them just, like, operate in the paint, offensive or defensive. I'm like, oh, God, what's going on? And I was just, <laughs> it just wasn't a pleasant feeling. And it just goes to show that they're, they're still learning and they've got some work to do. Well, that's a big thing. Yeah, they're learning. Um, you know, the one thing that Jim talked about quite a bit, he hyped up Frank a lot, and he said that he's been having great practices. Jim loves practices. He says, you know, if you've got a good practice, then you're going to play well. I think the guy that I'm most nervous about, though, is definitely Jesse, because I expected a little bit more out of him. Again, two preseason games. I get it. We have an entire season to go, but... I expected him to get hot earlier and I just wasn't really seeing it that much for, for these past two games. He was good. He was, you know, using his body up there. He was, he was all right. But the one thing with Jesse Zach that I'm kind of noticing with him, that's sort of reminding me of the way that he played last year. It's almost as if he kind of doesn't know how to play with his body yet. He still looks kind of a little bit clumsy. And I don't mean that in a bad way. He's still growing into himself and he's still trying to find himself as a player. But it's almost like a, like a, 
like a newborn horse or something, or a newborn giraffe, where they're just kind of stumbling around. They don't, they, they can't really find their legs yet. You get what I mean? Like, he's a great player and he's got fantastic potential, but it still looks like he's just trying to find himself right now. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. Just some of those awkward moments I was talking about, like, or was wincing, like, that's why. I was just like, oh, God, like, is, is he going to fall over? Like, not actually going to fall over, <laughs> but there was a moment when he, he literally got blocked. He, he's going yeah. up for a shot and yep. against defenders that are like five, six, whatever. <laughs> he's significantly taller than these guys. And What's he gets wrong with blocked. five, six guys, Zach? What's wrong with five, six guys? They weren't five, six, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's getting blocked. And obviously it happens. I mean, even our guy, buddy, buddy got blocked in one of his shots, which obviously does not happen at all or often, but it was just tough to see. And like we already said, he's got some work to do, but it's early. That's the good part. That is the good part. Yeah. I think that he's got a lot of potential. I think that Frank, I think he showed like that Frank is getting better this year, that he has the potential to be that number two guy at center. And quite honestly, I'm not really sure what our alternative would be because, you know, the Barama's out. So I don't know, you know, Jim was obviously experimenting with that with that small line with Jimmy at the five, and he said in his presser that that probably won't happen later in the year, and I, I couldn't really help but laugh when you... <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, oh, okay, this is a weird lineup. This is... Are we doing like experimentation? Like, what is going on right now? Um, and I really hope that it doesn't come to that later in the year, but, um, you know... It, I think that Frank showed that he has the capabilities of being the number two guy, but it's more or less like, can Jesse show that he is the number one guy? He is the center for Cuse. I think it's going to take a couple games, and I'm hoping against Lafayette that he kind of comes alive. You know, you've got a, three games before we really get into the thick of things. Um I, I see Jesse hopefully kind of coming to his own in those three games. And if he doesn't, then it's going to be against the tough part of the schedule. One thing, one last thing I want to talk about is Patty Casey in the walkouts. Yeah, Patty Casey was like one of the, he was really, really fun to watch. And it was really cool to be able to see like the people kind of like blowing up on Twitter, even more so than Benny, just like. Um, as soon as like Patty Casey kind of came in, started to light it up, kind of show that he was like a really, really strong player. I think that people started to kind of acknowledge that, okay, this guy's, you know, he's, he's one of the stronger walk-ons. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, um, on our Twitter page, we have a link to kind of like the background of, of Patty Casey and like where he comes from the Sir- the Scranton native, um, got recruited by G Mac it's a really, really cool story, and to be able to see him just kind of enjoying himself out there is is really, like, it's heartwarming. It's really, really heartwarming. You love to see it. You certainly love to see it. And Patty certainly held his own, and he was even getting, like, minutes in the second half, like, before garbage time, which just shows the testament that Jim Bea has for him. And he, he said this several times to reporters that he, holds his own, he can hold his own out there, and he's a player that could be seeing minutes possibly down this year. A, a player he kind of reminds me of is our, uh, our guy, Braden Bear. Yeah, he really does. He kind of has that whole, like, Michigan State, you know, going to put up a fantastic performance in the March Madness kind of vibes. 
So one thing that I had mentioned earlier was the gauntlet of a schedule that we have coming up. And I don't mean, obviously we've got Lafayette coming up, then we got Drexel, and then we got Colgate. The 9th, the 14th, the 20th, pretty well spaced out. Then after that, we go to the Bahamas. Now you may think to yourself, this is the Bahamas. This is going to be a nice, relaxing tournament. No, no, Zach. Because you look at these teams, we play VCU first. They're already a tough opponent. They're, you know, they're pretty well established. But you look at these opponents, and there are so many ranked teams on this bracket, it, it boggles my head. Michigan State, Loyola Chicago, Auburn, who's ranked, Connecticut, who's ranked, by the way, Michigan State, also ranked. Then we got us against VCU. Baylor, who's ranked. And Arizona State, who's ranked. And you look at that bracket and you're like, my God, like, are there any easy opponents in this like tournament? And then after that, we go back to Syracuse, play Indiana, who is a pretty decent opponent. I mean, they're, they're, they're a big school. And then we've got our first test in the ACC against Florida State, who, by the way, is ranked. We got the villain, we got Villanova for the Jimmy V Classic at MSG, also ranked. And then we got Georgetown, who, they're not ranked at the moment, but I mean, they're our rivals. Like, it's going to be a huge game. It's a Saturday game, like at DC as well. There's just no break in that schedule, Zach. You got to ask, is this part of the schedule the make or break for this team? Obviously, we don't know how every game is going to pan out. Obviously, we're going to win some, lose some, potentially. You know, who knows where we're going to end up on each game. But there's just a chance for, with such a hard schedule, that if things aren't going well, that it could be really, really, really bad. Because I can't remember a schedule being this hard. This I can't remember a non-confidence schedule being this hard. In like, I can't. I have no idea. Like, I, I how long has it been since we've had like a decent non-confidence schedule? It's gonna be, I think, one of those situations where we're gonna think that our team is either better than we thought or worse than we thought because. This is such a test and it's so early on. You know, we always talk about how um, Cuse is always strong in the out-of-conference schedule. But, I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. Like, we're, we're playing teams that are pretty good. I mean, you get like a Penn State game or maybe like an Iowa game. But they're not necessarily Villanova, who's ranked fourth in the nation right now. Or Michigan State, who's in the top 25. I mean, these are really, really solid opponents. It could help our tournament resume come down the line. It could also hurt it as well. And I don't mean to kind of pick on them at all, but I think for Frank and Jesse, this is going to be huge for them because they're going to be going up against opponents who are going to have size. They're going to be physical down low. They're not going to be LeMoyne and Pace who are, you know, you can kind of get away with not necessarily being that aggressive, um, but if you go up against a team like Florida State who consistently has size and has, you know, um, who can who can beat you down low, it's going to be tough, Zach. And I think that you're right. This is definitely going to be like a, a make or break for the team. Yeah, it's a tall order. And I guess first we got to knock off Lafayette and then we'll, we'll see where we end up. So. so let's move on to something lighter, Zach. Actually, you know what? Not lighter. I'm upset. I'm really upset. Because Jim mentioned in his presser, he's doing away with the suits. And that makes me sad. 
Zach, you and I have talked. We talked about it last year when we first started to notice it. We like this suit. We like the classy look when it comes to the suits. But sadly, in his presser, Jim mentioned that he will no longer be wearing them. He'll be wearing the quarter zips. So we asked you, our, our beautiful fans, on Twitter. By the way, if you're not following us, what are you doing, silly? Go follow us at the 2-3 Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We asked you, do you like the quarter zip? Do you want Jim to bring back the suit? Or are you just happy if Jim's happy? 42% of you said that they want to keep the quarter zip. Zach, do you agree with our fans? I don't know. There is something special about wearing a suit. And I mean, it goes kind of to the, the old saying, you know, dress for success. And just there's just feel something good about wearing a suit. It's like it's a big event. It's a big game. And you're, you're, you're dressing for the occasion. You know, you're, you're going to war and you got you to gotta wear your, your best. So something about the suit is, is, is nice. And I, I like to see it, you know, especially big games like, you know, Duke and, you know, the huge games that we play in. And I'm going to miss the suits. It's something I really missed last year. And we talked about this. Obviously, COVID, everyone, there was no fans. Everyone was just like, screw it. We're not wearing suits. And it, it kind of like, I don't know. It was just like, kind of just like, eh, like there's Jim over there on the bench. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. You got to look classy. Like, it, it kind of goes back to, like, when you were in high school and you had, like, a a game that day. So, you dressed up. You dressed up in your shirt and tie. I don't know. It kind of goes back to that. Where, like, you got to look your best. You got to look your best on the sideline. You can't look like Bob Huggins. Like, he's got his quarter True. zip and he looks like he's wearing a poncho. Like, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of the quarter zip. Again, if Jim's... I agree with the whole, if Jim's happy, I'm happy, but... There's just something about the suit that just makes you look classy. It just reminds you of like the old Big East basketball, Zach, where he like Jim would have his like huge tie and his way too big jacket and like Cuse would be out there. I don't know. It's just I miss it. And not to mention, and not to mention, we're not going to have any jacket tosses this year. Is he he, going to rip off his quarter zip in anger (laughs) after a call? Like that's not going to hit the same. He's gonna he's gonna Hulk smash his like quarter zip, and he's gonna he's gonna tear it apart. Uh, No, it just doesn't hit the same. He's gonna full zip his quarter zip in in, in anger. (laughs) Honestly, I would I'd pay to see that. So I'm done for that. Uh, what do you think comes first? Zach, uh, Jim full zipping his quarter zip or the suits come back? I don't know. I mean, did, did Jim say like the ACC is not wearing suits or like, is he going to go up to, uh, coach K at, at the start of the Duke <laughs> game and in a quarter zip and shake his hand? Like, <laughs> is that going to happen? I don't know. <laughs> he had mentioned that if there was a fine, like if there was a fine, he was going to pay it no matter what the cost is, which like, hey, if you got that money and you just kind of want to say screw you to the ACC or whatever, all power to you, Jim. I love you. We all love you. But like, I don't know if I can get behind it. It's just there's just something about the suit, man. But the, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, the quarter zip. at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. No, there is something but, special like, and nice about the suit and something yeah. not so nice and special about the quarter zip. <laughs> but we'll see what happens. 
Yeah, I guess it does give sort of like a laid back vibe or whatever. But hey, wanted to move on to some Cuse alum news real quick. Just wanted to mention them. John Gillen signing with uh, a Taiwanese basketball team in the P League Plus, I believe it is what it's called. The team last year went uh, 10 and 12. Really looking forward to him kind of joining that team, joining that squad. I believe last he was in Hungary. Um, he was somewhere in Europe. He played in uh, Lithuania. He's played, obviously, on Bayheim's Army. But we just got to send our luck out, uh, best of luck out to the boy. And uh, he will continue, Zach, to live on in, in Syracuse lore as that man that made uh, Dick Vitale go, Are you serious? That's right. That's right. The, the, the famous buzzer beater versus Duke to win it all. Dude, that he balled out that game. Like, whenever I he go did. back and think about that game, he literally balled out to like the max against he a did. team with like Jason Tatum and like Luke Kennard, guys that are in the NBA <laughs> now, which is like like he shot that winning shot was over Jason Tatum, who's now an all star. Like, it's like wild. It is wild. Yeah. I think my uh my favorite Cuse basketball memory of all time is probably just seeing on television, just uh, watching the the crowd storm the court after he hit that buzzer beater. There's just nothing like it. And that team, we will continue to fight to this day on the two, three podcast. That team should have been in March madness. They just should have. So true. So like we said, game one, the real game one, Starts next Tuesday, Lafayette, 7 p.m. at the Dome. Zach, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to being able to see the the boys out there on the floor get that 1-0. We already set the pace early for the preseason games, but this is it. This is it against the, I believe that they're called the Panthers. The Kitty Cats. The Kitty Cats. They're actually called the Leopards, which I think is, you know, it's still, it's nice, I guess, Lafayette Leopards in their maroon and white from, I had no idea where they were from. They're from Easton, Pennsylvania. No idea where that is. But anyways, that's going to do it for us. The 2-3 podcast. Cuse against Lafayette, 7 p.m. at the Dome. We love you. We'll see you. Go follow us on social media so you can interact with our polls and tell us how much you're going to miss Jim in the, in the, uh, in the suits. Hopefully he'll do a full zip of his quarter zip, but hopefully it's not against Lafayette because if he does... Something went very wrong. Anyways, I'm Cam. That's Zach. We'll see you later. Let's go, Cuse.